2 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we're going to be. I always chuckled whenever we hear guys get up and say, well, the Lord was really dealing with me about this and He gave me this message. Or as I started working on this message, God really dealt with me about it. I always chuckled, not mockingly, but in amusement. And then I found out what that was all about. (laughs) And uh, so this came from that, and I figure if the Lord is convicting me, then you should be uncomfortable too. So, (laughs) Because misery loves company. Uh, And if you were at uh, our New Year's Eve um, get-together, you have already heard part of this, because this is what uh, God wanted, so you must really need it. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse um, 17. <clears throat> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you, in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Now let's pray. Lord, thank you for this uh, beautiful day that you've given to us. Thank you again for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, thank you for this uh, opportunity to preach tonight. And Lord, uh, I just ask that you give me the words to speak, that you would give me what it is that you want me to say, and help me to, uh, to uh, listen to what you have for me to give. And... Uh, uh, just use me in that way, Lord. Help me to be a blessing to someone here tonight. In your name, amen. So first off, um, this message is to someone that's saved. Uh, it says in verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And we know that we have salvation in Jesus Christ. And if you're not putting your faith and trust in him, then the rest of this message isn't going to help you a whole lot. And I hope that if you're here tonight or you're listening and you haven't gotten that settled, Please do that. Reach out to somebody, and we'd love to help you with that. We know that salvation makes us a new creature. We are a new creature in Jesus. And and we know that salvation makes everything in our life sacred. We don't come to church and do do the God thing and then go home and do our thing. Everything is to be pleasing and honoring to God. And we know, as it says, there's an old person. There's that flesh, and there's that constant battle between the, the flesh and the spirit. And we know, you know, Romans chapter 7, the original who's on first, you know, that which I would, I do not, and that which I do not, I, you know, you know, you know how it goes. We know that there's that constant battle that we're facing, that we're fighting, and we have to be, we have to be conscious of that. So first off, we are a new creature in, in Christ. But secondly, in verse 18, it says, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So if you're a new creature, if you're saved, you have a new calling. And that calling is for every Christian. And it's this ministry of reconciliation, or to restore, or to help maintain peace. And I think there's two ways that we can look at this ministry. You know, first of all, we know that part of our ministry of reconciliation is the Great Commission, going into all the world and preach the gospel. Part of that reconciliation is to help a lost man find peace with God by sharing that message of hope and salvation. But remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be be called the children of God. Our ministry of reconciliation could also be to help another believer find peace with God or with another believer. 
And we should be, uh, we're all called into this ministry, this new calling. And then thirdly, in verse 19, it says, To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So if you're a new creature, you have a new calling. Thirdly, you have a new commitment. And that commitment is we are entrusted by God to be his representative with the word of reconciliation. Jesus Christ was the embodiment of the word. He was that representative. And now we are tasked with that. We have the word right here of our reconciliation. And we are commit, our commitment, our, our task is to accurately represent heaven here on earth. So if we're a new creature and we have a new calling, we have a new commitment, then we also get, fourthly, a new credential. And that new credential is found in verse 20. It says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. We know an ambassador is a political position of representation. And we know that a person is chosen to be an ambassador because they are someone who is able to present the ideas of one nation in another. You know, we're gonna, I'm going to use the United States as an example because we're still the greatest country in the, on the earth, and you can't change my mind on that. Um, but So the president, whoever the president is, chooses somebody that they will be able to send to another country to represent what their administration is going to do. Now, our ambassadors get to sit in meetings with foreign heads of state and, and, and uh, different um, high-ranking officials, and they typically have the opportunity to call back home and talk to the president or an advisor and say, hey, this is where I'm, you know, this is what we talked about, and this is where I'm thinking we should go, I'm leaning towards this, what do you think? They get that direction from their boss. But sometimes they don't get that opportunity. Sometimes they have to make a split-second decision on the information that they've been given. And because of that, that means that that person has to be trusted. Now, an ambassador has to be close to the person, to the nation that they're representing, in order to represent them accurately. The question is, can God trust us to represent him on earth? How close are we with God with our boss, if you will, to be able to represent him here. Now, there's two specific areas that, that God worked on me over the last year, that, and that's where, I, where this message comes from. And these are the areas. If you've ever worked in children's ministries in this church, you have heard us sing the song with the, with the kids, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. It's that simple. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. Now, the other thing that, that uh, you know, I mentioned, you know, guys will get up and say, God really dealt with me about this or that or whatever. The other thing that we like are in, our, in our churches are acronyms. We love our acronyms. You know, you've got, if you want joy, you have to put Jesus, others, and yourself. Or you have to read the Bible. It's the basic instruction before leaving earth. Like, we love our acronyms, right? And I'm going to give you one tonight. One that the Lord reminded me of as I was preparing this I've heard it taught, I've heard it preached here, is ACTS, A-C-T-S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication when it comes to our prayer life. And that's where we're going to look at uh, uh, in this area of prayer. So, um, Mr. Brosnan, I am so sorry. There's a lot of verses. It's a big book, and I've only got a couple hours, so we're going to try to get through this. All right, Psalm chapter 105. 
Psalms chapter 105. First off, we have adoration. Psalms 105, just, uh, we're going to look at the first five verses here. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works, glory ye in his holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face evermore, remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. We really need to spend some time just adoring our Savior. There's so much that we could praise him for. And this, this entire chapter, I challenge you to go back and read it later. Psalm 105, this entire chapter is a, a song of history. That's what it says, the title of it, right underneath the, the, the chapter number. A song of history. The writer spends the entire chapter remembering what God did and praising him for it. I heard a message uh, from this, from this uh, chapter. It was called, I got so busy remembering I forgot. The psalmist was so busy remembering everything that unlike other psalms, he didn't spend time in despair or in discouragement or even making a request like you see in all the other, uh, other chapters. He was just praising God. And that's a prayer we can all make. We can all spend a long time just praising God. Flip over to Psalm 86. In Psalm 86, down in verse 12, it says, I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. When we're praising God, when we remember the things that God has done for us, and there's so much that we can praise him for, we can praise him with our whole heart. We should be praising God wholeheartedly. Everything that we do, everything that we say, every fiber of our, of our being should be praising God. And we should all be able to spend some time doing that. Uh, you can keep your finger here. I'll turn over and read it. Uh, you don't have to turn there. Isaiah 25, Isaiah 25 and verse 1, it says, O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. You know, we can all look back at different times in our life that God has done something for us, and we can praise him for it. And like I said, again, there's so much that we can praise God for. We need to spend that time wholeheartedly praising God for everything. Flip over to Psalm 104. Psalm 104. And if you spend any time in the teen class when Mr. Corey and my dad were in there, this verse will be familiar because dad always made sure that we were singing the scriptures. But look down in verse 33. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. The psalmist says, hey, I'm going to praise God until I can't anymore. Until my dying breath, I will praise God. And you know, we should be doing that too. Every moment that we can, praise God. And you know what? If you read the end of the book, you know that we're gonna, one day we're going to spend all our days praising God. So you might as well get in the habit of it now. You might as well get some practice in now. Just remember what God did and praise Him for it. You can go to Psalm 32, Psalm 32, the second area. We know, the, we know 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to, after we spend time praising God and adoring our Savior, we need to spend some time getting right with him. And if there's one thing that's going to make you want to get right with him is when you start praising him and remembering who he is. Psalms chapter 32, look down in verse uh, five. It says, I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. 
I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. The psalmist says, listen, I'm, I'm open. I've got to be honest with God about my sin. I'm specific. I'm open. I acknowledged it. I've confessed it. And listen, when we're, when we're confessing our sins, when we're getting right with God, be open about it. He already knows it, he, but he wants to hear it from you. Like how many of us remember as a child when we would get in trouble and our mother or our father would say, you need to go say you're sorry. And you say, I'm sorry. And then what do they always say? For what? They want you to be specific. God wants us to be specific. He already knows. He wants to forgive you. Tell him about it. Be open about it. Don't try to hide it from him. You know, I'm reminded of Job. When Job, in, in the beginning of the book, he offered sacrifices on behalf of his children just in case they did something wrong. You know, we can be asking God, it was brought up in, in, the, in Sunday school this morning, even if we don't know that we've done something wrong, we're still guilty of doing that wrong. And we should be asking God, not only confessing our sins, but asking him to show us where we're wrong so that we can get it right. And how do we do that? Well, over in James chapter 1, James chapter 1, A familiar passage, James chapter 1, it tells us, starting in verse uh, 22, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We have the looking glass right here. We can ask God to reveal to us where it is that we're wrong, compare our life to him in this book, and see where we're wrong, and take care of it and get right with him. So after we spend time adoring our Savior, and we spend time getting right with him, then we should spend some time in thanksgiving. And flip back over to uh, Psalm chapter 100. Psalm chapter 100. Psalm 100, and, and let me say this, all of these different areas, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, all of these areas are ways that we can pray, but that confession part, do it at home. We don't want to know. Unless you're down here at this altar, we don't want to know. And you're going to hear us pray, you know, we've all heard words of adoration and words of thanksgiving and words of supplication as we pray here in church. But that confession, take care of it at home. We don't want to know. Pastor does not want to know. Psalm 100, down in verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You know, when we adore God like we should and we get right with God by remembering who he is and how great he is, we'll start thanking God. We'll start thanking him for who he is and what he's done. Look over in Psalm chapter 30. Psalm chapter 30. It's amazing how many verses of prayer you can find in the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 30, look down at verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Oh, we could thank God for his holiness. We could thank God because he's the king of kings. We can thank him for who he is. He is the Almighty. We can spend some time just on that, thanking God for how great he is. In Psalm 106, 
Psalm 106 and verse 1. And this is by no means an exhaustive list. There's plenty more that you can choose from. Psalm 106 and verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. I think we could all say a good amen to God is good. We can all spend some time thanking God for His goodness. We all, we've heard, we've heard uh, men preach, we've heard the ladies give testimony of how we all have been able to go through our homes at some point and point out what God has given to us because He is so good. We know how good He is to us. We know our salvation. And, and that's, you know, that's the next point is God's mercy. We can spend some time thanking God for His mercy. In Psalms 136, in Psalms 136, you know, every, every verse ends with the same phrase. Psalm 136 in verses 2 and 3, O give thanks unto the God of gods, for His mercy endureth forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endureth forever. You know, if we're being honest, and we know that we deserve to die and go to hell, but God's mercy endureth forever. And we should be punished a lot worse for the things that we do but His mercy endureth forever. And we can spend a whole lot of time thanking God for His mercy towards us. In Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, and I know probably everybody knows where I'm going with this, but it's in the book. we got we got to do it. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we can all look back at what God has done for us. We can look back at the situations that we've come through. We can look back at the relationships or the people that God has brought into our life. And we can thank God for those things because we're on this side of it. We, we can see why God did that. We can see the thing that God taught us back there. And we can thank God for it. The challenge is in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I know we've all heard, you know, guys preach it and say, it's, I know it's in there. I know it's in there. It's not our favorite verse, but we know it's in there. 1 Thessalonians 5 in verse 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's easy to look back and thank God for those things. But are we thanking God in those things? You know, when we're sitting on the side of the road with that flat tire, when we're sitting home without a job and we're waiting to see what God will do, when we're dealing with that frustrating person that we don't know why God has brought them into our life, but they're there. Our, while we're in the middle of it, we need to thank God for it. It takes some work, but we can get to that place. So after we spend time adoring God, and we spend some time getting right with God, and we spend some time thanking God, then we can make some requests. And a lot of times, when we do those other things, our requests will be much more in line with what God wants for us to ask. We'll look over and um, turn back a little bit to uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, down in verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, when we're right with God, when we're spending time thanking Him, we can then make our requests known to Him. We know the verse in Hebrews that we can boldly enter into the throne of grace. You know, I'm reminded of Esther. 
how she boldly walked in to make a request, and the king showed her grace and favor. Now, we can enter in boldly into our Father's throne room, and we too can find that grace and favor. We don't have to fear him. We don't have to fear his wrath, unless we've done something wrong. But we can, we can go into that throne room, and we can find grace. We can make our requests known, whatever that request is. We need, but be careful not to go to him cocky or thinking you deserve it. You don't. But we can be bold when we make our requests. Look over at Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Jesus is trying to teach us specifically about prayer. He says, starting in verse 1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? We can come to God boldly, and we can be persistent in our requests. We can come to God, again, with the right attitude. But we can come to God, and we can ask him, and ask him, and ask him, whether it be for protection, or for provision, or for salvation of a loved one. We can be coming to God persistently, over and over and over again, asking God. And you know, and we know, we know God's answers to our prayers. Yes, no, or not now. But you know, sometimes God is trying to teach us something. In Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, Jesus is leaving the city of Jericho. And there's these two blind men sitting on the side of the road, and they cry out, saying, uh, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Look down in verse 31. It says, The multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do to you? And they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. You know, sometimes God just wants to teach us to be consistent in our prayer. They cried out to God, have mercy on us. And he kept walking. And they cried out the more. They were, they were learning to rely on God. He wants us to learn how to cry out to him. We can be bold. We can be persistent. We need to be consistent. We need to be relying on God. But the most important thing in this section of supplication, of our making our requests, is that we need to remember, no matter what the answer is, we need to accept it. You know, I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians. He was bold. He was persistent. He was consistent in his prayer of asking God to remove that thorn in the flesh. And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for thee. And he said, okay, I will glory in that. And he moved on. And we need to remember that as well, that we need to accept whatever that answer is that God has given to us. In the second section, read your Bible. We, we pray, we need to read our Bible. And if I'm being honest, this is not the section, this is not the area where I, I struggle more with the prayer than I do with the Bible reading. Because I enjoy reading. 
And but God dealt with me not just on reading it, but reading it, you know, like getting into it and understanding it. And you know, that, that's that's a big part. And uh, pastor's been doing the, our, the Wednesday night. Um, we've been learning how to study the Bible. It's been a great series. It's been a great study to help us get deeper into the Bible. So with that, let's look over at 2 Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 3. Another very familiar passage to all of us. Down in verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And we know, that, we, know that, we know that the Bible is profitable. We know that everything in there is good for us in one way or another. But these specific areas that are outlined here are doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. Well, what's doctrine? It's what we believe. God shows us what we're to believe. It's all right here. We just need to read it. For reproof, he shows us where we're wrong. Again, we, we talked about that earlier. We use the Bible to examine our life so that we can see where we're wrong. But thankfully, he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop at just telling us where we're wrong. He gives us correction. He shows us how to fix it. We ha again, it's in, the answers are right there in the book. We just need to read it. And thankfully, he doesn't just stop there either, because then he gives us instruction. He shows us which way we should be going. So we learn what we believe, we learn where we're wrong, we learn how to fix it, and we learn the way that we should go. Well, how do we learn those things? Turn over a page to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, down in verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How are you going to know what's in it if you don't look in it? If you don't spend some time reading it? If you don't spend some time studying it? We need to be studying what's in here so that we can learn those things. You know, I'm reminded of Psalms chapter 1 in verse 2 where it says, uh, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. We need to be getting in it. We need to delight in it. We need to study it. And when we do those things, you know, we, we need to remember too, over in Acts where it talks about the church of Berea, where they sought the truth. They were seeking the scriptures to see if what they were being taught was true. If we're studying it, we're going to see what is truth. And there's a lot of faults out there. We know that. Out there, there's a lot of faults. We need truth. And that's where we're going to find it is in this book. Now you go back to 2 Timothy chapter 3. What are we going to find? What are we going to find when we study and we delight and we seek the truth out of God's word? Well, down in verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. We're going to get wisdom. If we study the scriptures, God's going to give us wisdom. We're going to be able to, you know, in Psalms 119, it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We're going to be able to get the wisdom to take that step. And then we're going to read it and we're going to get the wisdom to take that step. That, that light is not shining all the way around us. It's right here in front of us. Take that step and then take the next step and then take the next step. Just keep following what God wants for you to do one step at a time. 
So we'll gain wisdom and we'll gain direction. And, you know, this is the important one. In Psalms chapter 63, Psalms chapter 63, and, and well, we'll read the verse and then we'll talk about it. Psalm 63, in verse 1, it says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Now, we've all heard... We've all heard guys preach and say, it's got to be the first thing you do. You've got to wake up and you grab your Bible and you read it. If I'm being honest, if that's the first thing I'm doing, I'm not getting anything out of this book. I need a cup of coffee. That's the first thing. I'm not, and what I'm trying to say is, it may not be the first thing that you do, but it should have priority. Again, in his law doth he meditate day and night. I know sometimes it works better for you to read your Bible in the afternoon. Sometimes it's better for you to read your Bible at night. You know what's best for your spiritual walk. God, God will help you with that. But it should be a priority. Like, again, there's a dry and thirsty land out there. And we have the well of water right here. We need to quench our thirst with it. Make it a priority in your life. Now, Bible reading and prayer need to happen at the same time. We can't just hear from God and not talk back to Him. And we can't just talk to Him and not hear from Him. You know, a conversation works, but we all know that person that we don't want to talk to because you don't get to talk to them, right? A conversation works when there's talking and listening on both parties. We need to be doing both of those things with God. Now, you may ask, what does this have to do with being an ambassador? I'm glad you asked that. So, flip over to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel, for me, is, is um, the best illustration of a, uh, of a child of God working as an ambassador, working in a foreign government, in a foreign land, a child of God who, who just sought to do what God wanted him to do and wasn't afraid of the political consequences or the physical consequences. And, and for me, and there's, there's, many, there's many different examples in the Old Testament of what you could say is a good ambassador. And, but Daniel has always been one of my favorites so that's where we're going to go tonight. I'm going to show you how Bible reading and prayer work together so that we can become an ambassador. Daniel chapter 9, look down in, in the plane. We're circling the airport. I'm coming down. Don't worry. We're getting there. Daniel chapter 9, starting in verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years Whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that, we, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Daniel started by searching the scriptures. He was reading the prophecy of Jeremiah of what God was going to do. And he immediately recognized we have a problem. We have to do something about this. And he went straight to God in prayer. He was reading it, and then he was taking action on it. Look down in verse 4. 
And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and made my confession, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him, and to them that keep his commandments. He starts out by adoring God. He uses some descriptions of God in praise and adoration to him, remembering who he is, and remembering what he has done, and praising him with those words of adoration. Down in verse 5, we have sinned and have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly, and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. He goes right into that confession. He says, God, you've sent us, the, you've sent us men to give us your message. And we have, he was specific, we have rebelled, we have sinned, we've committed iniquity, we've done wickedly. We didn't listen to the message that you sent to us. We are wrong. God, please forgive us. And then drop down to verse 9. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against them. He says, well, thank, thank you, God, for your forgiveness and your mercy, even though we have done wicked things, even though we have rebelled against you and your message. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Then drop down to verse 16. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from the city Jerusalem, the holy mountain, because of, for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O oh my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes, and behold our desolations, and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O oh my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. He goes into his, his, his supplication, his requests. Lord, forgive us and help us, and restore your city of Jerusalem. Not because of us, not because we're great, and Lord, don't even do it for us, do it for you. We pray that you will do these things, our requests, for your honor and your glory. So here's Daniel, he's reading God's word. He recognizes we have a problem that we need to take care of. He immediately goes to prayer, he spends time adoring God, he spends time confession, he spends time in thanksgiving, he spends time in supplication, and what happens? Look down in verse 20. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. He took the necessary steps of talking back to God after God showed him something, and God sent a messenger to give him further understanding. Now, let me get this out of the way right up front. Gabriel's not coming to visit you. <laughs> not going to happen. But we have a messenger of God that opens up the book to us every multiple times a week with a message from God 
But are we taking the necessary steps to hear from God? Are we taking those steps to talk with Him in prayer so that He can then open our understanding so that we can learn the next step? What is the next step? We, if we're not taking these actions to be close to God, how is He going to be able to use us? Now, how does this apply as an ambassador? Again, an ambassador is somebody that has to be close to the person that they represent. They have to be trusted to be able to carry this message of reconciliation. The question tonight is, are you trustworthy? Are you close to God like you should be? How is your prayer and your Bible reading? Can God trust you? Lord, thank you for this uh, time again in your word. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share what you have given to me. Lord, I, I hope that uh, I've been able to present the message that you've given to me clearly and, uh, and, and uh, succinctly. Lord, just be with us the rest of this evening, Lord. Help us to do what it is that you would have us to do and help us, Lord, to work on being trustworthy so that you can use us in a great and mighty way. Amen.